Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and that just so happens to be a variation of my actual name. Yes, indeed. Um, back up in you one more again to do what we do best. That is to inform, to discuss, to provide a lens into black America, the experience of being black in America, and to hopefully create more uh, empowered allies and uh, empowered black folks, informed, etc. Have you said that like that before? Uh, maybe. We are here to inform because I like that. Yeah. We're not here to give you an opinion. We're not here to make you share ours. Just here to give you information and you can do with that what you please. Hopefully it's the right thing. Right on. Um, and uh, a great show for you today. Um, we have lined up. Um, great. Uh, yeah take that with a grain of salt <laughs> but but we do have some things to talk about informative yes informative show um we definitely want to spend some time talking about um critical race theory that's been in the news a lot lately and um it took me a while to become informed on what it is and the implications of it um and uh, hopefully we'll be able to share some of what we know today we're all gonna learn something today yes indeed um and then we also want to talk about um little bit more about the way policing is done to black and brown bodies which is a staple on this show here uh this time we're going to spend some time discussing some events that took place in maryland um we also are going to talk about our ebony excellence we're going to throw to uh motown 25 and then our way black history fact has to do with juneteenth because this is that weekend so uh strap in we got a great show for you um and i think that we should probably start off Q with some ebony excellence. How you feel about that? We gonna start there? Why don't we start there? Word. Good place to start. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Okay, so my origins as a DJ are rooted in two separate, I guess, moments in my life, and those those moments are a long ways away from each other. One of those, I was two years old. My grandmother's first gift to me was a vinyl pressed copy of Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. Nice. That was the start of my love for music long before being a DJ was even something I'd ever even considered. And then, you know, fast forward 20 something years, I met this really handsome dude with an afro in Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this guy was brilliant and kind and eventually became my brother, now co-host of the one and only Civic Cipher. Yes, indeed. A gentleman by the name of Ramses Ja. That's me. Thought that DJing might be something I should try, so he introduced me to it. But I go back to that off-the-wall album my grandmother gave me because the first memory of my life was a celebratory evening in music. And being from Detroit, it just made me so proud. Motown 25, uh, produced by Susan DePass, about Barry Gordy's hit factory, based out of Detroit, Michigan. And it had a legendary, unforgettable performance by uh, a gentleman you may have heard of. His name is Michael Jackson. Yes, indeed. He returned for the first time since becoming a solo artist to perform with his brothers. But then after he did what he called the old songs, 
he got into what he simply referred to as one of his new songs and he performed billy jean live and moonwalked hey. and blew the entire world's mind so michael jackson probably did not invent the moonwalk but he made it what it was an excessively popular and and hypnotizing dance move that my uncle almost ruined for me rams he told me that michael had on motorized shoes ah uh, listen man and tried to ruin my whole <laughs> mind-blown experience watching motown 25 as a young lad so shouts to motown barry gordy detroit michigan and the incomparable michael jackson yes indeed um i like that some good ebony excellence for you right there. yeah 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 um shout to ramsey's jaw too yeah man uh, even though i don't have my afro today uh it'll it'll be back soon stay tuned um but uh let's let's jump over because there's some stuff that i really want to get into um that i think is really important I'm re i was really excited to actually peel back the layers of this critical race theory likewise uh discussion and uh, so for the uninitiated, there are two schools of thought, right? Um, one is that our history is necessary for us to know and to teach so that we learn from it, so that we don't repeat the mistakes of the past, so that we understand where we are and who we are relative to each other. And it informs our path forward. Um, and, you know, as we all know, a more educated population is a more successful population by any measurable, um, you know, facet uh, of, you know, livelihood, happiness, whatever. So, um, you know, there are people who really believe that educating fully the um, good and the bad, uh, and I use those terms loosely um, because, you know, it's a matter of perspective, but there's many people, myself included, who think, yes, we should tell folks what happened. And there is, in this country at present, a, an opposing faction um, and we're going to talk about this opposing faction in Florida that says that mm, that may not be the best approach. I'm putting it kindly, right? <laughs> These so this, much grace, Ramsey. Yeah, this opposing faction, um, they believe that if you teach the children about the sins, like the good and the bad, that what you do is you um, teach them that this country is inherently racist and has always been, that they have a racist heritage, you know, and that they should be ashamed of their history. Um, and this is how they framed their argument, which, of course, we know has no substance. The truth is what they're... The, it's, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we recognize from way over on this side that what it is is essentially these the republic. I'll say it, a Republican or a right wing response to the fact that um, educated people tend to vote 
more uh, aligned with liberal ideas and philosophies, the more educated you are, you know, and so forth. And so um, it's just a, a response. They're, they're trying to weed out any hint of racist racism, teaching education, you know, they, they, they think it's all kumbaya and that everyone is who they are and where they are because of their own um, decisions and not the invisible forces of racism and this invisible constructs built into the framework of this country by and, and all of the advantages that come with exactly it. Um, and that uh, you know there's there's no way to make a connection to white privilege if you know you don't teach that black people came over as slaves and in fact um, before we even talk about what happened in Florida um, I remember reading months ago that in Texas, I'm not sure if you knew this, but in Texas, um, they uh, changed some of the textbooks, some of the history textbooks and social studies textbooks to take out the word slaves. So now it reads, you know, workers came from Africa to help, you know, um, uh, pick cotton and do these sorts of things, right? Because it's, wow. a ki it's a kinder word. And, that, you know, we look at it as, as whitewashing history. You know, that's, that word is used deliberately and intentionally there. But um, it, that's, that's what it is. You know, it's... it's and, and you know what? Before we get... I, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I really wanted to talk about this because this is such a hurtful thing to have to live through. You know, you live a whole life, right? And you recognize because you're educated because you're informed but also because you can see it i've seen it you've seen it swirl our, our show producer has seen it you know everyone in the studio here has seen it you know that that has melanin in their in their bodies even I'm those sure. that don't have seen it yeah exactly allies and so and, and, can see it it. and, and, and reckon even if you haven't seen it you can understand that it does exist right um There's people who stand on this, well, you know, I was born poor and I worked for everything I have. There's no such thing as white privilege, right? And, you know, I've said this before, but, you know, a, a great way of examining white privilege is getting to start from zero as opposed to starting at negative four with a with a ball and chain around your ankle and a bunch of obstacles in front of you. Literally though. You know what I mean? Like I don't want that to sound metaphorical. <laughs> so starting <laughs> literally with ball and chain. Yeah. So so uh, you know that white privilege starting at zero is um something that really needs to be examined and in that way. And so with that said, um, I feel like there's a, 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 a disconnect between what we're trying to do in terms of empowering ourselves, informing ourselves, understanding that, you know, because it's really easy to think, okay, we're just inherently bad. You know, all bad things happen to black people. And so it's just, it's our own fault. But that's because we're trapped in a world with a limited view, vantage point. You know what I mean? We don't have access to our full history. We don't understand 
like you got to think the first human beings to build anything to play any instrument to do anything were black people because the first human beings were black people and obviously the first civilizations were black civilizations the first you know complex societies and on and on and on and i'm not talking about like ancient just only ancient stuff i'm talking about if you go to africa now you can see thriving cities you know and so forth and africa is not necessarily known for its um you know uh thriving economies and things like that but you have to also bear in mind that economies and things of that nature are really more western constructs you know um an economy is a very solid metric you know to to gauge the health of a society but you know there are cultures around the world who gauge it based on happiness and i i would argue that that's a much better indicator of <laughs> how healthy a society is you know and so some things are not wrong they're just different but in this country because there's such a westernized view of it when you boil it down to okay well black folks have a a, a lot of issues to deal with um and you don't give a framework for well, where did these things come from how did these things come about? Then it's, you know, it, I think it's the black people that suffer and the people that love and care about black people that suffer because you're taking the education, you take the context away. And then when you take away the context, you take away the empathy, you take away the understanding, you th take away the connection, you take away the idea that, hey, if, our t if the tables were turned, I might be in that same situation. So let me do what I can to bring a little bit of balance to the universe. You know, I have to have a... Uh I don't know if I want to call it a reckoning or I guess I'll just say it and you guys can help me understand what the moment means. Undertaking this show was something that we had to be very, very sure about before we did it. Sure. Because just like we never, never wanted the show to become an echo chamber, we also recognize that there are people who violently disagree with us. Yeah. So we're on airwaves every week pointing out some truths that there are sectors of our population that will deny that it even exists yeah. at a point of wanting to harm us. Yeah, I got death threats. <laughs> and knowing that, you know, police cars have radios too. Yeah. You know, there are moments, and I've told you this on the show before, where I'm preparing to come to this show and I have to really purposefully pray that I make it back home to my kids. And I'm not leaving home to do some incredible undertaking or take some long trip or going to war or any of that. I'm driving to the studio to record the show and, you know, having to reconcile with the idea that for no reason at all, I might get pulled over. And then I say my name on this show, every show. You take a, a, a good amount of time to do so it. So I make might sure they hand my driver's license to someone <laughs> who reads that name and recognizes, recognizes it and is very troubled by the point of view that I carry. And when we first started the show, Rams, I don't know if I've ever confessed this to you or to our listeners. I'm like, man, we're going to make some people that we like uncomfortable every week. Yeah. There's going to be some people that hear this and there's going to be guilt and there's going to be a lack of empathy because no one wants to be told, Hey, you're a, bad person or you're the bad guy or you're the perpetrator of this system that stands on our necks and i almost bite my tongue every show to keep from making someone uncomfortable and that came up right now because you pointed out empathy and the empathy is what 
makes me let it go. That's what makes me say, go ahead, express yourself and tell people your actual point of view, what life is really like through your lens and the people with empathy, not just those that are informed and educated because there's some informed, educated people that are still evil. Yeah. But those who are kind and genuinely good people and, and some that are even ignorant to some of these truths, their empathy kicks in and it allows them to at least stop and think like, wow, is it really like that? And is it always been that way? Is it always still that way crazy right so every week bro i'm really like man i don't want to our show has to make someone uncomfortable every time we turn the mics on and i've pressed pause on myself before to try not to make people uncomfortable and that's what this is about yeah this this is they don't want to make people feel bad or guilty or uncomfortable yeah about the truth of this of this country's foundation i'm glad you said that so here's the thing so i i can't speak for all black people because who would do that you know but, some people try unfortunately yeah, well we're not those people i'm not that person but i do live a black life you know i'm around black people largely my family is full of black people um many of my friends are black of course and um, maybe it's just me personally, or maybe this is just a, 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 an acceptable sampling of the population. Granted, I live in Arizona, so, you know, I think this is a pretty good sample. Um, I don't get a lot of anger. I mean, there are people who are very angry, make no mistake. There are people who are bitter, people who really, you know, they, 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 they draw hard lines you know, black people that do that, you know, but for the most part, everybody kind of gets it, you know, we, we kind of understand and everybody recognizes that at our, in our, in our heart of hearts, our impulse and our, and our desire is to love each other. We don't want anyone to be punished for anything. And we all want to look forward. We want to have a more fair, you know, balanced world equitable experience with our lives in in this country but um no one's looking for revenge you know i don't get i don't gather that i certainly am not this this show exists because love exists in my heart and your heart and i believe that love exists in the world um and i want there to be more of that but in order for that love to really be impactful and be meaningful we need to have some understanding and so topics like this need to be discussed at length and unfortunately, that does make some people uncomfortable. Now, I do want to talk about um, the Florida State Board of Education. Because what happened there and what brought this to our attention is that they voted against um, teaching critical race theory. So that is effectively banned in classrooms in Florida. Now, people were in the meetings at the school board, passionate people, educated people that have a lot more to say about it than both you and I. Um, and this board held the line. No, we don't. And, and the, 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 the thinnest of arguments, which is the one that I presented um, when first introducing this uh, topic here, is the one that they hold to. You know, we don't want kids to grow up and feel as though they should be ashamed of their heritage. We want our children to be proud to be American. You know, um, and critical race theory 
doesn't teach you not to be proud. If anything, you know, you can be proud of where you come from. You know, there's that that's a story of true in individual lives and and it's and, and it's such an insult to our children that we have to lie to them for them to be proud or omit the truth in this yeah. case, yeah. So, um the governor of uh Florida, who's a Republican governor, his name is Ron De- DeSantis, I want to say. Um so he says that Basically, critical race theory is trying to indoctrinate uh, children with ideology. Um, it's so basically what it is. It, I have a quote from Dr. Jonathan Cox. Critical race theory is a theoretical perspective and practice for examining the role of race and racism in society. So that's what critical race theory is. Um, and the Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, says that what it is is it's trying to indoctrinate them with an ideology. And yeah, so he wants he's to pretend, reaching. He's he wants reaching. to pretend that race has no impact Absolutely. on our society. Yeah. And that is simply not true anywhere you look at, at it, you know, or at least anywhere of the, the, the hot button topics that are, you know. If you're talking about do you get service at McDonald's or can you pump gas? Yeah, pretty much everyone has a more or less fair share go at that unless you're in some place like Bucksaw, Mississippi or, you know, Backwood, Alabama or something like that. You can stop and get gas in your car and go on about your business. But in terms of, you know, a well, even, even then it's in theory. In theory, yes. Of I've course. had some uncomfortable yeah, situations well, in Chandler, yeah. Arizona. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, the thing is the odds are against you once something happens. Yes. What I'm talking about is just living your day-to-day Correct. life. Correct. If he wants to say that everyone is the same, for the most part, we've made it to that place you know but there are these systems that exist these invisible systems these structures that are built into the framework of society that provide opportunities or to to, they provide opportunities to non-melanated individuals or they um are hard disadvantages to melanated individuals that's the way i'll say it um with respect to housing with respect to um political representation with respect to economic opportunities with respect to uh criminal justice with respect to um, I mean, the list goes on. Healthcare, well, you know. Well, what do you mean, Ramses? We can drink out of the same water fountain. You see what now. I'm saying? Like that's such a limited view and of we what don't life have to is. Sit in the back of the bus anymore. Again, such a, a limited view. And at the Black Lives Matter protest last year, I didn't see dogs or water hoses turned on any of the protesters. And this is what uh, this is a position a lot of people hold. But again, I maintain that it's a limited, deliberately limited view. Because it allows their argument to exist in a space with other people who really need that to be true because they're scared of coming to terms with the fact that this country does have racist roots um, and they want to feel as they don't want to feel guilty about their position in life or maybe they're just bad people. I, mean, I, I can't pretend like those people don't exist. Those people they're bad people exist. and they don't want to, they're bad people. They know they're bad, but they don't want everyone else to know that they're bad and Correct. they harbor these horrible views. And so they need a narrative like this that ignores 90% of the reality and just focuses on the fact that we can drink out of the same water fountain in order for their, their construct of the world, their, their worldview to, to be true for them to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I, I, you know, I don't know what it's like to live that life, but I got to imagine that's a tough, tough thing to wake up to and go to sleep to every night. You know, ignoring something is... That's that's a play a lot of people make, but pretending that the whole world is different, that's got to take a lot more upkeep. I hope it's tough, it right? Because be. we, you know, we think about 
you know, things like karma and that people that are bad people have their just due coming to them. And we know that that's not always true. You know, there are some bad people that are bad their whole lives and in their own space live a fantastic, bountiful life, even if it meant stepping on other people to do so. Yeah. So, um, who knows? Uh, but the truth is, is that, um, you know, as far as critical race theory is concerned, matter of fact, let me, let me read this too. Um, the same people say that, so it says school children should not be taught that America is fundamentally racist, right? Um, which again, I wouldn't go into a room of third graders and say, hey guys, America is fundamentally racist any more than I would go into a room full of high school students and say that. If I were to, high school students would be where I would do that. But the truth is, you don't have to say America is fundamentally racist. You can just teach the facts. You know, um, we, we looked at these human beings like, oh, they can do the labor for us. We purchased them or otherwise created a system in Africa that, you know, manipulated their economy, their local economies. We introduced a new form of slavery that did not exist in Africa where you lose your name, you lose your language. That you lose did not everything. exist anywhere else. Anywhere else in the world. In the world. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we thrive. This country was built on, on that. Um, and we thrived as a result of that. And we never came to terms with the fact that these black people that share this, this land and this space and this time with us um, started off way behind the start line. And so... That's a little bit about critical race theory. Just thought we would share. And now, proper propaganda. Watch it. Pull my mic back. You like that? Journalists with journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines. Sidestepping the borders. If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward. And um, we still got a lot more in store uh, for the show. Uh, we definitely want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, some events that took place in Maryland and in Ocean City um, and some other places, too, uh, with respect to uh, the no vaping laws. Um we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Juneteenth um, because that's where we are right now. And uh, so that's going to be our way black history fact. And right now we're going to spend some time discussing how to become a better ally, our Baba segment. So um, yeah, for those of you that don't know uh, about Juneteenth, of course we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the show, but um this weekend is Juneteenth. Um, and one thing that you can do to become a better ally is get involved. Google, you know, Juneteenth festivals in, you know, your vicinity in the city that you live in um, and go out and participate. Um, typically, Juneteenth uh, festivals are a celebration of blackness. Um, think along the lines of an... Uh, St. Patrick's Day or, or you know, a Cinco de Mayo or something. Or even a Fourth of July. Sure. You know, just a celebration of culture. But, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of institutions on site, a lot of do-gooders, a lot of activists, a lot of, you know, on and on and on, where you can get out there and network, 
find out how you can be more useful, how you can become a better ally, and of course, uh, become a little bit more educated. So that is going to serve as our Baba tip for today. And that is how you're going to become a better ally. But stay tuned because we do want to get into the history of Juneteenth and why it's important. And we're actually doing a little bit of a celebration because it just became a uh, federal holiday, which is quite a milestone uh, after how many years ago was slavery? Um, not, not, I'm not being they, critical. They, they I, just, I didn't to, know the they answer. They want us to think it was 9,200 years ago. That's well, how they want us to feel. Way more recent. Again, yeah. Google is free. I don't want to say a date that's wrong. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it was far more recent than you than you might believe. Uh, your your grandmother, if you're my age, I'm 40 years old. Your grandmother lived through it. Yeah. If you're younger than me, your grandmother's parents lived through it. So it's go. not as far removed as you might, might think. think. And if you're out and about in Arizona, you know, during the Juneteenth festivities, look for me and Ramses. We're going to be out yeah, there. We're, we're moving around uh, in Arizona um, for Juneteenth. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, yeah, so that'll do that. Um, all right. No vaping law. Talk to me, Q. You ever jaywalked, Ramses? All the time. You ever been ticketed for it? No. In the event that you were, do you think that you'd be jumped, beaten, handcuffed, taken to jail? Or you think <laughs> you'd just be cited for it? The answer I want to give so that we can have this conversation is, of course not. <laughs> and I realize while asking this question that everything I just said might happen to someone that looks like Ramses yeah. for jaywalking or vaping. Right. So smoking has been prohibited or banned or or made you know illegal in a lot of places around the country but in this is in recent years though when i was a kid you could smoke everywhere restaurants airplanes like literally everywhere because it's a great danger to public health and because well let me start over because people made a very very big deal about the fact that it was a great danger to public health it's been banned in a lot of places okay not just because it was bad for our health because it's an extremely profitable industry. I'm, I'm sure less so now because they've been kind of shamed into, you know, until not being so liberal about nicotine and smoking. But once upon a time, you could smoke everywhere. In recent years, some alternatives to smoking cigarettes and even smoking other things has been introduced in the form of vaping and e-cigarettes. Okay. And that was never made... Um, that was never something that you could do on, on like airplanes or things like that. But there are a lot of places where you can't smoke, where you could vape because it was so new. There weren't any laws or rules against it yet. Okay. Several places around the country, several industries and businesses have now started to ban vaping. Not everyone gets a text update on their phone when new policies, laws and rules happen especially young people who for lack of better want to be kids and not be so involved in government and politics and world. policy yet Still they want to be youth. kids yeah. so Ramses and I have, have told you guys about our system of watching these traumatic videos and this week it was Q's turn and people would like 
for us and and friends of theirs to believe that we are greatly exaggerating these occurrences. They'll even try to make you think it's your imagination. Google Ocean City, Maryland vape. I'm sure multiple videos will pop up because there were multiple instances in Maryland. But the results are the exact same. Nonviolent, compliant young black men being tased and beaten by police officers just because they felt like it and just because they could. The presence of cameras, onlookers, and even people trying to intervene did not discourage or bring to a cease the activities of these officers. Um, I, was, I read that one of the young men has broken ribs. Several of the men were beaten and tased. Not because the police said, hey, you can't vape here. And these guys said, I'm going to do what I want. You can't vape here. Yes, sir. One of the gentlemen hands up while being tased. And it was only approached in the first place because he was vaping in a place where you're now not supposed to. Where I'm guessing once upon a time you could. And the answer to black people doing anything that white police officers deem not appropriate. Oh, God, I know what you're going to say. Is to put them in their place. Physically and violently. It's not about compliance. It's not about being a law abiding citizen. It's about being the type of person that the only reason you're a police officer is so, so that you can people. treat people that way. So you can hurt people. He's roided out cops that can't wait for a fight to pop off. And I don't so even want to make, I don't even want to single them out because that would be great. If we could just point to the roided out angry cop as the bad apple, as they would say, it's just bad system, <laughs> but we have too many examples for that to be the case. Yeah. And with enhanced scrutiny and enhanced attention, these cases are not becoming less. They are increasing yeah. as if to say, yes, we know you're looking and we don't care. This is who we are and there's nothing you can do about it. Let me ask you a question, Q. Please. Um, was there any point on any of the videos that you saw of the police jumping these children where the police said, stop resisting? Of course. Okay, so let me ask you another question before you go into detail. Were you able to see from the video? Because the way you described some of the videos before we started recording um, was that it was like a, a group of police. At least in one of the videos, they were jumping. Group of police in every video that I've seen. Okay, and, and so there's, I'm guessing... Three? That sounds like getting jumped. I mean, you can get jumped by two people, but three, we'll call it three. Police officers. There's definitely more than three. Okay, we'll start with three. There's three police officers on a child or a young, very young man. Let's say teenager. Let's, 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 call let's give them yeah. the benefit of the doubt. I call them ch children. I have a 15-year-old. That is my child. Yes, but I don't want to see, and this is why I'm, I'm trying to make sure we don't do what they do, right? I don't want to paint fair. the picture of Grayson. Right. Because that's insane. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, okay. We're not going to make the context so skewed. 
I'll say teenager, so you can picture somebody even my height. Okay. Right? That's fair. Um, a teenager um, with three, I'm assuming, non-teenager police officers. Correct. Um, and they're yelling to this person, stop resisting. Um, or some comply. colloquialism of that. Yeah. Right? To, to Maybe comply. not those exact right. words, but... Um, and do you see that this teenager is actively resisting? So in both cases, the teenager is being tased. Right? You see this person standing. You see them shot with the taser. And then you see their body kind of go limp, fall to the ground and convulse because they're being electrocuted. Yeah. So, yeah, that's happening. Except one person's tasing them. Multiple people are holding them down. And in one video, three people holding one person tasing and another officer violently driving his knee into this young man's ribs over and over and over. And this gentleman, gentleman is a heck of a word to use, is huge. He then proceeds to get up and start fights with people who are around and recording what's going on because they are justifiably and understandably very upset at what they're seeing. This unjustified beating of a man because he violated the don't vape here rule. <sighs> so in my mind's eye, it looks exactly like how I imagined it would look. Um, you know, I, I know we talk about it a lot, but not everybody catches every show. Um, you mentioned our system that we have for watching the videos so that we can process these things um, and discuss them on the radio. Um, is that one week I'll take a video or two and I'll watch them, and then the following week you will take them, or if you know if it makes sense for one or so the other one to to dig a little deeper. If we have to watch the videos of violence and and death and you know that sort of stuff, it's very extremely taxing. It, it does not agree with my spirit. Uh, God, if you believe in God or whatever you believe in that created both me and you, whatever that source is, did not create me to spend my time wallowing through death and pain and harm i'm not that person but i have to do it so that i can talk about it because it's important because we have to live together we have to love each other and so i signed up for it you know and this time it was q's turn as he mentioned and so i didn't watch these videos because to me as i stated a person with <laughs> a 15 year old q does not have a 15 year old i have a 15 year old and a seven-year-old right behind him. Um, that hits very close to home. You know. Um, and it'd be very difficult for me to watch that. And still be the optimistic, positive person. That I have to be. You know. I'm not saying I would lose that. I think that's fundamentally who I am. But it's difficult when the world looks like everybody's okay with this guy just kicking this kid. And again, I'm not trying to establish a false narrative, but the way that the way that, that the article came into our group chat was 
teenagers or whatever. And again, I, I change my son's diapers. I, you know, that's, that's a, I'm almost 40 years old, you know, to me, that's, that's a kid. And to have a bunch of adult men with adult man strength, <laughs> kneeing a, a, a teenager in the ribs. You know, this, it, the scary thing, Rams, this is because you just brought this up and made me think about it. A year ago, I adopted a teenager. Yeah, I guess. A 16 year old. Mm -hmm. And he unfortunately has that. I will not be marginalized spirit. Even, uh -oh. if it, even if it means saving my own life, I will not have my dignity taken from me. And I, uh -oh. I'd rather <laughs> die than to. Hey, that, <laughs> and the conversations that I try to have with him have no effect on that spirit in him. So that makes it more scary, right? He's, he's most likely to stand his ground when he's being wronged. Which sounds like what he should do, right? Sure. Except, no. Yeah. They, they actually will execute you on because the sidewalk. they will kill you. <laughs> in public, in front of everyone. Just for giving them a bad attitude. You know, I saw, um, I, I, I didn't see the video, but I, I saw it come, come our way. And unfortunately, because of the nature of the show, we didn't get to talk about it. But, um, you know, I saw that there was a... Uh, an incident in uh, Minnesota, I want to say, where uh, a man drove his car through a bunch of protesters. Yes, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. And he, and he killed uh, a woman, white woman, ally, um, was out there protesting with her black brothers and sisters and her white brothers and everybody. Humanity was out there protesting. All of injustices. this while our lawmakers are trying to make it where that's not even a crime. Yeah. And then you see the front of his car, it's all smashed up and dented in and dinged up. And, you know, then they held him there. They didn't, they didn't jump him. They didn't beat him. You know, maybe they did. It looked like he just got in a car crash, but they held him you know, until the police came, the proper authorities came. And then they took him away to have his day in court, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't know what I don't know about that incident, right? But I do know that that is certainly more telling of the two Americas uh, than anything else, you know, that's, or at least it's just as telling that we live in two, we live two different lives in this, on the same land, you know, um, for a, a person to literally commit murder in front of millions of onlookers with his vehicle he gets pulled out by a crowd, you know, of people that are not trained <laughs> to do anything, you know, and they hold him, you know, and he's very much alive and well when he's taken into uh, custody. Have you seen his mugshot? No, I haven't. I did see him on the street, though. He was Big smile on his face. Really? That's sad. And gross. I'm, I, I wish I didn't hear that. Mission accomplished. Big smile on his face. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's Again, gross. while our elected officials are trying to make it so that what he did isn't even a crime. And that's for very specific reasons. It's not just happenstance that after the biggest civil rights movement in 40, 50 years, where protesters hit the streets in record numbers, that lawmakers immediately, you know, in the wake of, of, of trying to suppress our vote, make it so that protesters could be run down with cars 
and the perpetrator not be charged with a crime. This is America. You're not wrong. Um, that's a sad moment. I really wish that I didn't hear about this man's mugshot. Um, I was trying to make a point about, you know, police being trained, especially when they're in numbers like that. If they need to apprehend someone, they can do it without kneeing someone in the ribs, especially someone who doesn't have a full complement of testosterone in their body because they haven't reached that age. And are not trying to flex on you anyway, at all. even if they did. Um, and then there's three folks with full complements of testosterone holding you down while one knees you in the ribs and and ramses is using three just as a baseline number there were far more than three okay. officers in each video that i saw okay well i haven't seen the video so that's where that comes from but um but you know what q let's let's make sure that we or i want to make sure at least that i approach this the right way i was really happy to hear that he was happy about that um it, it, it makes me think that he got into cut police custody and maybe people like patted him on the back or they did the Dylan Roof thing where they bought him Burger King before they took him in it. You know, because sure. That just makes it's me think that beyond, I don't know how it's not beyond scope. Yeah, that's that. I don't know that that happened. So I don't want to put that on. And any then imagine it, it wasn't a photo taken at the scene this is after he's had some time to sit with it think yeah. about it he's and been in custody with the police yeah i'm sure so that's why that feels a little bit like ugh. but um in any event i do know or i do feel like these are part of the growing pains we're the, the latest generation to pick up this fight we might not make it to the finish line, but this is our job. Not me and you, Q, but everyone listening to our voice and everyone whose voice, who, who your voice reaches, if you're listening to our voices. Um, you know, it's our job to take it from where it is now and, and take it forward, you know, because the truth is, if we do look back, you know, there's a, there's a, a joke that comes up quite a bit and with different comedians, you know, and it comes up in different contexts and different scenarios or whatever but basically the joke is that um if you're white you can go back to any point in time and it's all good but if you're black you never want to go even to yesterday because today is better than yesterday and i think that that illuminates something that we really need to come to terms with and that's the fact that hold on let me say it the fact that today is a little bit better than yesterday even with all the death and the beatings and the you know this and that and the third you know we have we um there's a little bit more and so we're a little bit further along. And I think that that needs to stay in the middle of where we are. We need to know that we're working towards something because we are. We need to know we're accomplishing something because we are. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to have to live through these pains. That woman that lost her life because that man ran into that crowd. She was there to be an ally. She was there to be a, a human. And, and it's very sad to know that she lost her life. But, you know, that's not the first person that we've seen lose their life. You know, um, and unfortunately, I don't think it'll be the last. And that hurts to say that. But we have to we ha I, I, I refuse to feel like she lost her life for no reason, you know, um, and everyone else that lost her. Remember the Tiki Torch thing and, and the, the guy that drove his Dodge into the crowd and killed that woman. She was another white woman at uh, Virginia. Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, I actually went to that college. 
and I, and I stood in, in that square where they had that uh, protest where she lost her life. And um, I thought that that was important to honor the fact that this woman who lives on the other side of the country, her life ended there so that maybe my sons can grow up in a world that's a little bit better. So this is how I'm choosing to frame these things. And I hope that there are some folks that share that sentiment with me. So you guys heard Ram just say, let me say it. And you can't see me. So you might not know why he said that. <laughs> and so our show producer, DJ Swirl, and my co-host Ramses do the monumental job of trying to keep me encouraged on the progress that we're making as a people. Except the people do as, as sound a job to the opposite. <laughs> going the other direction yeah. the, the fact that we have so much content like this for our show every week is very discouraging in that way but i will say this because i'm not an unfair person there are more people that feel the way that we feel today than at, than at any point in history the problem is that there are people in power policymakers, and law enforcement that feel the same way they felt 60 70 100 years ago so vote please and don't let them take away your vote and they're trying actively you can still uh get onto the naacp's website and contribute there's another <laughs> become a better ally tip for you um but yeah so uh right now we're gonna move on to our way black history fact DJ Swirl, where you at, man? So the way, uh, the way Black History Fact, we have two now, because you brought up the moonwalk from our first segment, and according to the interwebs, in 1943, Bill Bailey performed the first backslide yeah. on screen in the movie The Cabin in the Sky. And Talk to him, Swirl. It is the dance that most closely resembles what was renamed the moonwalk. And Jeffrey Daniel is credited as the teacher of the backslide to Michael Jackson, yeah. where it settled where we commonly referred to it affectionately referred to it as the moonwalk Moon and so. google jeffrey daniel excessively no talented brother yeah, yeah. so uh june uh juneteenth so on june 19th 1865 um about two months after robert e lee surrendered uh general gordon granger arrived in galveston texas and he informed the enslaved african-americans of their freedom and that the civil war had ended his his announcement officially put it into effect which was the emancipation proclamation although it had been issued more than two and a half years earlier how by about president that? abraham abraham lincoln how about that the site galveston has remained a busy site for juneteenth events over the years said douglas matthews who has helped coordinate them for more than two decades this year the city will dedicate a 5,000 square foot mural entitled absolute equality on the spot where General Granger informed the enslaved African-Americans of their freedom. The city will also mark the holiday with a parade and a picnic. As you stated before, events and activities are going on around the country. In Atlanta, uh, they've been scaled back because of the pandemic and because people getting used to getting back from the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but organizers have made plans for a parade and music festivals at Centennial Olympic Park 
and similar events will go down in Annapolis, Maryland, Chicago, Detroit, and LA. Motown. And I, I happen to know that um, in San Diego, uh, there's plenty of Juneteenth events. Um, Phoenix, of course, which is where we're going to be. Um, there's plenty. Uh, there's a ton in Tucson. Um, and uh, Vegas, as well as Albuquerque and El Paso. So um, if you're listening to the show, um, there is definitely something near you uh, that you can get involved with. But I think it's important for us to take a moment to really discuss Juneteenth. Um, because it's always been sort of treated like the redheaded stepchild of holidays. So the fact that it's now a national holiday in the U.S. is a big deal. How are they going to get around teaching that now that it's a national holiday? Imagine Funny, huh? not teaching critical race theory, but then not going to school because they're off for Juneteenth. <laughs> That's going to be very interesting. How about that? And it's federal. So, but anyway, um, so... Um, Again, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's St. Patrick's Day, you know, which is, you know, for the most part, it's a national holiday. We all celebrate with our Irish brothers and sisters on that day. You wear a little green. You don't get pinched. Everyone kind of participates to one degree or another. We have a good time. And that, that is what it is. Um, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, you know, we live in the Southwest. Um, and, uh, you know, so this where we live used to be Mexico. So our whole lives are we're surrounded by Mexican culture and it's enriched by Mexican people. Um, everyone's to one degree or another, even if it's just reading the street names, you know, um, California is a Spanish word. Arizona, you know, same. So um, Cinco de Mayo is a massive undertaking. Yeah, especially where we live. Um, and so similar to Cinco de Mayo, um, I, I know that Cinco de Mayo is not the actual Mexican independence, liberation, whatever. There's a different holiday in Mexico, but in this country, that's how we celebrate it. That's our time for reflection, or it's just a time to celebrate Mexican heritage. That's really what it's evolved into, right? So similarly, June. Yeah, I think Mexican independence is in September. Something like that, right? Yeah. Okay, you would know better than me. Um, but similarly, Juneteenth is a time to celebrate you know, black, it's just an excuse to have a party. You know, it's not Black History Month. It's not MLK Day. It's not any of those things. It's just time for us. And, and the reason is because of what Swirl mentioned, where this is the independence of black people from the, the binds of slavery. Do you remember the first time you heard the word Juneteenth? Uh, I've heard it for a long time. I can't re remember the first time, but go ahead. I don't remember the first time either, but I was an adult. That's what I, that's why yeah, I brought yeah. that up. Okay. It uh, was, I don't remember it being like <laughs> when I was little, Yeah, but that I believe that's because as I mentioned, it's always been sort of the redheaded stepchild of holidays as, which is further illustrated by the fact that it only recently has become a national federal holiday. And by recently, we mean like now, like it was two days ago, yeah, three days like ago, earlier like yesterday, yeah. <laughs> we were earlier today, it. last night, something like that. So, but it's good. And, and you know what, to be fair, credit where it's due, the vote to, to ratify that was unanimous. No one voted against it. I don't think they would, you know, who wants to go on record saying, you know, at minimum by bipartisan. Right. Actually. Right. Oh, you know something I don't? It was unanimous. Okay. However, this isn't the first time it's gotten to this stage. 
Oh. And one gentleman, unsurprisingly on the Republican side, mm-hmm. eventually changed his vote to allow it to be unanimous because it's he a federal holiday and he didn't do it under the basis that it is going to become a paid holiday. He looked at it from the business perspective, saying that businesses are going to suffer because people won't be working. Yes. Asterisk to every good, positive How thing that happens in legislation. He's be shamed for being the singular vote the singular on the yeah, other yeah, side yeah. of it. That's a bad thing to get, you know, go down in history for. But anyway, you know, we, we land where we land. And so um, thank you very much for, for our way black history fact. Um, and, uh, you know, I, um, I want to say thank you to you for listening every week. Um, you know, Q and I and Swirl too, we, we have, you know, a lot to get through every week and, you know, the show has been growing. We have been taking on new partners, the folks that really log on and, and support and make a donation that really, really, really helps. Um, to be in this many cities, to be doing this many, um, you know, uh, things with this idea that we had uh, is really incredible. And so um, your, your, your spirit and your energy is well received. You can keep up with us during the week on all of our social media. You can find us at Civic Cipher. A lot of times we'll post things that really make sense for the show. Sometimes we'll post things that we'll actually discuss on the show. And uh, if you are on social media, um, any platform, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, we implore you to plug in with us, send stuff to us, send show topics to us. It helps us to tailor the show to the needs of you, the listener. Um, And if you're just tuning in, you know, once again, you can start here and we can go from here and we can grow together. And I'd really much, very much like that. Um, so yeah. And before we get out of here, just want to say thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward. Be sure to hit the website, civiccipher.com to download this and all previous episodes. And then, uh, you know, if you can make a donation, we'd love to, uh, get your support and until next week. Y'all. Peace. Peace. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. With press passes, we bring it to you as it happens.